enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. I can't decide whether I want to watch Escape from New York, Mad Max, Network, or Planet of the Apes. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. What is this idiocy? Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! Uh, I choose not disintegration. So be it. In one month, I shall assign you a movie to watch and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the... Now go! And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! Oh man, you brought me over right before lunch. Well, luckily, Virginia's been in the kitchen. Ooh. Would you like to taste what she's been making? Yeah, as long as it isn't that guy in the ski mask that she beat to death last time I was here. No, no, no. He's he's resting comfortably at the bottom of a ditch. Yeah. He just every couple every couple of months he, he finds his way here. I would say he's resting about as comfortably as anybody can rest. <laughs> I would say he's. I would say his rest is very peaceful. Mm-hmm. So here it is. Oh, here you are. Help. Oh. Tuck in. It's like a nice. It's a. It's a nice soup. Oh, I've what. What kind of soup is this? I've never Just seen taste, or taste it. Hey, tell me what you smelled anything. Oh, it's like cream of broccoli, clam chowder, pea soup. Actually, it's all of us all the, the stuff left over from all of our experiments this month. Oh, it's ex- experiment stew. Well, I'm hungry anyway, so. What's <clears throat> good? Yeah. Ooh, <sighs> Boy. Ugh, you got any, like, oyster crackers or something? Uh, no, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to rocks. Um, but did you watch... The movie. I I did. And what did you think of Bronx? Let me get the let me get the the, the correct name. I think it's Bronx Lotta. Yes, Bronx Lotta Finale, otherwise known as just Endgame or Endgame Bronx Final Battle. 
I was like, okay, it's round two of of Escape from New York, Road Warrior in the Bronx. I was mm-hmm. keeping my eye peeled for, and I'm very disappointed there was no drummer in this movie, no random drummer. But, um, yeah, this is not really comparable with with Bronx Warriors. As uh, Bronx Warriors was Bronx Warriors had like. 60 or 70 less ingredients in it <laughs> yeah that's, that's one. the thing about it, this, this makes bronx too. warriors look like the most like simple just like simple bit of storytelling ever oh my it, it, it is, is a total mess yes and when i picked this film the impression i got was that it was basically joe damato doing running man because that's the that's the plot synopsis I saw. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I thought this this would be fun. This would be fun for us to do. And I'm still trying to um give us a little transition until we start getting back into the um tougher stuff <laughs> later this year. Ooh, are we We already did tougher than leather though. No, oh no, no, no. Well, we got some we got some more bad stuff coming, don't worry. Uh, but and watching this the running man part that's kind of over in about 20 minutes yeah every and, everything is over every 20 minutes yeah <laughs> and something new I mean this sort of makes sense coming out of rat think of boo-boo but that rat think of boo-boo only gives you one 90 degree turn this one yeah. it's like this one you're just like cranking all over the place mm-hmm. and not in a bad way it keeps it moving that's for sure <laughs> you right. do not know what's coming next in this movie so um it, it's 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 something <laughs> now joe damato is is one of the, the titans of this of this low budget Italian film industry, and in fact, he this is the second time he has been on our show because he directed uh, Emmanuel on the Last Cannibals. Oh, okay. And uh, he might be familiar to some people for uh, doing that. Make that was all over the place too. That was yes. Yeah. Okay. And he was familiar to some people for the Ator films, starring Miles O'Keefe. Um, I remember is. those as VHS boxes in the yes. video store. Um, and also for um, directing uh, a uh, duology, I guess we could call it, uh, Anthropophagus. And absurd, which is about a which is about a cannibal killer played by George Eastman, who plays Karnak in this film. Not the same Karnak from the from the um, yeah, Tonight Show. No. no, and not not from the Tonight Show either. Um, I have a theory now about Italian post because I've seen a couple of them. I reviewed one for. Um, Ratapalooza last year. I think that when they decided to do a post-apocalyptic film, they just go into the costume shop and say, okay, what costumes do we have? We got a... We got a, a leather biker outfit. So we that'll be our hero. We got a Bedouin costume. We can give that to, to, to our heroine. Um, we've got uh, a ninja costume. We'll give that to a to a, the, a Asian guy and call him ninja. You know, it's like whatever they, they have on hand, that goes in the movie. We have a whole lot of Dracula capes. Okay, we've got a cult. It writes itself. Yeah, this is like five movies wrote themselves. Oh, God. yeah, that's the thing. It's like, just when you think you, you understand what is going on, it it switches gears again. Yeah, because, like, I mean, just you're going to assume either Mad Max or 
Escape from New York, and it's sort of like check, check with both of those, and it's like most dangerous game running man, check, check. And then it starts getting into stuff like The Fury, you know, Brian De Palma's The Fury yeah. with psychic stuff, and yeah. um, <laughs> they, even Tommy by The Who, there's actually a Tommy Can You Hear Me <laughs> yeah. line in it, and I almost expected it to break into a musical number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 got it's got it, it it could be a backdoor Planet of the Apes prequel mm-hmm. with with the, some of the mutant makeup in it. Right. It's, it's just could could be they they I mean they they could literally say yeah, Endgame was a prequel to Planet of the Apes. That was that, that this is part of the. You can almost see a very vague connection between this film a film like this. And a film like Fantasy Mission Force that we saw very early on. Yeah, on. yeah. Um, it's it's just there's so much going on, and the film is unapologetic about who the villains are because they they are they are called the SS and they dress like fucking Nazis. Yeah, they've got they've got Nazi outfit. They they've literally got SS patches on. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're literally dressed like stormtroopers. It looks actually like um, there's been a lot of controversy because uh, people have been uh, banning the co- comic book Mouse, which right. uh, and, and they, they and so you see a lot of imagery of the 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 troop the troopers in in and it, they're right out with the helmets and the long okay. overcoats and the SS. Yeah, that it's just like these are the government troops, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not. Not subtle at all, and I also think that like when you're European, that mm-hmm. like, like, you can get a, like that imagery also has a lot more resonant resonance and stuff. But like, I mean, I wouldn't. I I think this would like actually get this film banned in like Germany now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for, what, what, for what's weird to me about, um, and now I've lost my train of thought. Continue. Oh yeah, is that they spend so much time setting up Endgame, which is the reality show that this this film is supposedly about. I mean, it's actually named Endgame, and they could have gone into like the Running Man, the sort of like right. media parody of it, and they 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 dip their toes in it, but yeah, it's it's not really there. It's it's such a strange. This this movie is is very strange. What and... is the name? It's like Life Plus or something. They have yes, they have, Life it's almost Plus. Like a, the... a Verhoeven running gag of I'll buy that for a yeah. dollar. It, it, it's like an energy drink of some sort. Yes, yes, or like Brando from from uh, right. It's Idiocracy. what grow. Yes. It is, it's such a mess. And unlike, you know, the last film we saw, where there's a definite mark where you could see Raiden and Steckler got bored and decided, let's make a, let's make this uh, a goofy Batman movie. There's, the lines are all blurred. It just... Well, here we are in Running Man. Now we're moving into Logan's Run, and now we're moving into Logan's Run. Yes, for sure. And yeah, but you know what? If and this is something I find um, is a problem with most of the mostly Italian knockoffs of of the Road Warrior or Escape from New York is, of course, budgetary, <coughs> but. It gets old. You can only have so yeah. many car chases with your limited budget to make it, to keep it moving along. You don't have a George Miller budget mm. for stunts and stuff, so you have to just sort of have them pick and choose them, and then you have long stretches. And if this movie had just picked one other one style to, and done the whole movie in that, it would have been it would have been dull. But this is sort of like. The filmmaker is like, I'm going to take all my tricks for, that I learned from other movies and just throw them all together in this. And mm-hmm. it, it it keeps it's it's I mean, it's not a good movie, 
but it's not a boring right. movie and it's no it is not it's it's a unique it's unique even though it's a ripoff because it's just a ripoff of everything <laughs> yes yes it is and it is has with a lot of joe damato's films it's it's pretty brutal at times um yes the the solution that i that, that that chuck norris uh al oliver. chuck morris <laughs> yes uh al oliver is the name of the actor who actually plays the main character but he looks so like chuck norris it's not funny um the way he resolves the problem with the psychic who's allowing all the blind cultists to see is very <laughs> to the point you know, in any other movies, it would have been like a plot point where there would have been some contention between him and the mutants because he they were going to rescue that person. He's just like, I'll just solve this problem. You know, yeah. It was it was very it was sort of a very Mad Max moment, except Matt the character of Mad Max is not as, as socio. You know, that was the point of Mad Max is he would have been like, I should just shoot this person in the head. But I'll put myself on the line and and rescue them. Not this, not wish.com Chuck Norris. He's just, and you know, he could, there could have been a story beat of where the mutants are like, hey, fuck you, Chuck Norris. And his girlfriend (laughs) doesn't like him anymore for a little while or, or ever, you know, or whatever. But no, it just, we, it's just flying along. You don't really have to worry about anything having too much consequence because it's just flying along to the next thing. We should mention that the the character you refer to as his girlfriend, uh, <laughs> the character's name is uh, Lilith, is played by the great Laura Gem- Laura Gemser, who of course was Emmanuel in Emmanuel Lost Cannibals. There's a little X Men going on there too. Yeah, although she's dressed in what looks like Arab wear. Yes, no, her garb is midway between, like, Star Trek The Next Generation, Natives on a Planet, and Mm -hmm. Logan's Run. So, it's very um, eclectic, and it's just... And then you get... There's no logic, really. It's just, Karnak knows where to find them. The SS know where to find him at all times, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I just assumed it's a security state. They've got everything cameraed and tracked and and all that, you know. But you know, why? Why? Just let the audience do the work on that, <laughs> imagination-wise. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it only takes like five or ten minutes into this movie that you realize it's going to be everything's going to be moving at the speed of plot, you know. Right. For it, so it, it, you just if you don't roll with it, you're not you're. You're not going to have fun. <laughs> no, no, you're not. And uh, fun is fun is actually what, I, even though, you know, people, you know what else it reminded me of? A lot. And I know this is something that, that, that you have not seen yet, but we're going to try to change that at some point in time. The Magnificent Seven. In that he gets, a pro, you know, the uh, Chuck Norris gets approached by a oppressed people. You know, the the, the one the, the the better than anybody gunslinger is approached by an oppressed people who are being oppressed by something, and ask for his help. So he turns around and recruits a loose ragtag group of other specialists. To save him, that almost all die, and it, it, it's it's in like there were, there were four, believe it or not, four Magnificent Seven films, and they all did the same thing. But but yeah, it has the same thing because it's like uh, I have to, I'm gotta go and find a martial arts expert. So he goes and and finds a guy named Ninja. <gasps> I've got to find a big, tough guy. So he goes to 
to the LARPing gang gets gets bowl. God, that was a that was I, I think they they meant for the leader of the LARP gang to be uh homosexual, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to tell. It, it, like, yeah. It's 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 weird in in and uh, and to go back to last episode, it's like Kogar's trainer. You know, yeah. you don't you don't know if they're sometimes. I mean, the, they'll make it obvious. Other times, you're not sure if it's oh, just no, something. No, no. I think that originally written in what it was a big joke that the trainer was the trainer and the ape were were Kogar, friends, yes. very close we're, friends, we're very close friends. But um, but yeah, it, so so he gathers the team, and the team sets out on their mission which in this case then all of a sudden it becomes kind of like rogue actually more like thunderdome than mad max in that we have to transport this group of people to a special place or 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 like fury road well i think i think george miller might have grabbed a scene right from the i think george miller like the scene there's the scene in fury road it's like now it's a famous meme of uh you know max saying that's bait where where they have a woman tied up and you know they come up and it's just obviously like oh we got to rescue this poor woman you know and it's a trap yeah. and it's yeah. it's set up it's set up and almost filmed the same way in in fury road and i was wondering and i was watching this going you know, I'll bet him George Miller watched a lot of these movies to see what he'd wrought. And yeah. he might have seen that and it might have stuck in his head and been like, you know, that's not a bad little, that's not a bad little idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's, it's, a, it's a real mess, quite frankly. <laughs> it's, and then all of a sudden we're in the desert and the SS are coming and there's a helicopter I always find it amusing that in these post-apocalyptic worlds, everything is at a scarcity level, except for gasoline. Except for gasoline, yeah. Just like in the Mad Max movies. And there's shit like, okay, there's a big fight with a biker gang, and and, and like mm-hmm. the biker gang's getting wiped out. So there's Not just all any these... Guy there's gang, mind you. Right. So there's but, like, at the end of it, towards the end of it, there's like 50 bikes laying around the desert and when one gang rides off they all double up in the bikes and leave it's like yeah. why wouldn't they all just grab a bike there's more bikes you know but uh, for <laughs> some reason visually in the movie they liked it like with people doubled up because it does look like mad max you know with a yeah but they, they were running out of there run out of there with as many of the bikes as you can <laughs> that would be how you would think in post-apocalyptic mm. time yes you know brought up i mean made reference to Planet of the Apes. We haven't even brought up the Beast Men. Yes. Because this biker gang we're talking about isn't just a biker gang. It's a Beast Men biker gang. They're mutated, nuclear mutated. And they, and they look like all different. There's all different kinds of animals. There's fish people. and I yeah. mean, this, this movie just goes for it in all directions. You could have just had mutants that looked kind of because there's literally some, the ones that look like apes look like they, they have half bad. applied planet yeah. of the apes makeup on so they look yeah. halfway between humans and planet of the apes and i was just like there you go there you go a few of these guys became the dominant species you got planet of the apes it's it, this is this it came from endgame started in oh. 2025 during endgame <laughs> it's um, I gotta say though, I mean, I, um, Gemser to me was more effective here than she was in Emmanuel. And once again, I say, I, I, I know our guest, J.A. Cornrath, in that episode disagreed with me, but I will not say that she is particularly beautiful, but she is very striking. Yeah. There is something that draws your eyes to her. No, that, that always works for like the romantic lead, you know, where she's not, she doesn't just look like a starlet that they grabbed. She looks right. like it's, it's more leaning towards character actor, you know, but she's still, she's pretty, but yeah. she's, she's pretty in the, the, it's, it's a girl next door sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, no, I think that <laughs> there's, there's like door. a regalness, or at least yes. D'Amato intended there to be a regalness to Lilith. Um, I don't know if it was entirely successful, but I think because he cast Gemser, who ha- has already has this kind of, like I said, striking look to her, it helped a lot. Well, a lot of times someone's going to get cast. They're they're going to be like, "Hey, she's a good," but they're going to be the bigger boobs, you know, and like you know, <laughs> cleavage uniform and stuff. And this was this was like. No, she's a romantic interest. She's, you know, she's in a jumpsuit. Yeah. You're in a jumpsuit, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I swear, it's like, it does look like the, the costumes look thrown together. The whole film looks thrown together, quite frankly. <laughs> um... And then you've got Karnak, you know, George Eastman, who we are told used to be friends with Shannon, who is the Al Oliver character. But now they are enemies. But as we find out, they're actually frenemies. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're, they're like frenemies. Exactly. And it's like it's like he just shows up and helps them. But but secretly he's helping them to love them into a sense of security so he can betray them. But then he works on their then he fights for the with them. Well, lucky lucky uh, lucky we don't have to write all the plot out of him figuring that out because we just got a psychic there who goes like oh yeah he's just planning to betray you. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh. So we don't have to actually about- we don't have to actually wonder will he or won't he. <laughs> She just reads his mind and says, "Yeah, don't worry, he's gonna kill you after." But is he? Because why would why would frenemy kill the only well, it, person that can that is his match? You know, yeah, his only source of fun in the movie. Know. Yeah, of the two of them getting ready to fight, but we don't see the fight. I want to see the movie set ten years after this, where they're just a domestic couple, and you know they're raising <laughs> kids and like. Remember when we couldn't we couldn't address our attraction to each other and we had to just like mm-hmm. run at each other and then freeze frame just before we started fighting? <laughs> uh, just just that's just what be, I think was going on in this movie. Your life plus is <laughs> that the the freeze frame at the end is just so perfectly cheesy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and the thing is, is that it you know that if this if this film had been made today, first off, it would have had a budget of like at the very least ten million dollars. Um, not like what do we have in our pockets today? Yeah, I got a rock. We could use that. Well, ten million dollars is close to that in scale today. <laughs> you know. For for um, this version of a of a of a of a movie, because this was like you know this was filmed with a crew and stuff, you know it wasn't it wasn't Ray Dennis Steckler level. Yeah, but the thing is, is that you know that if this film was made today, uh, first off, we would get flashbacks to them as friends. Uh huh. And secondly, we would see the fight. And then we would get another twist and the final, final ending. Oh. Where they do something that either takes down the government or is the first right. step in taking down the government. That would be the, exactly. or, that would be or, the whole thing. Right. Or, or it turns out that instead of gold, what he gets is this, this secret device that can, you know, cause all the SS people's heads to blow up or something Uh you know Uh so um this is a just it's a very it's a very straightforward film it's like we like all these movies so we're gonna just do them well that's the thing is all those genres are straightforward but yeah there's so many of them (laughs) (laughs) that you don't you and and to 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 his credit it, it doesn't stick you know, strictly to the conventions of those movies. He'll sometimes it'll twist on them, but it's 
still got the conventions of them. Yeah. So it's like a bunch of little mini movies, <laughs> which is way more interesting than each one of them being their own movie. In you know? an odd way, there's a, a we made reference to laughing last episode. Yeah. In an odd way, there's a, a sort of laugh is in aesthetic. It's sort of like an film. action in. <laughs> yeah, exact action in like, okay, you don't like this this story? A new story's coming up in about ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Now we're out in the country and there's psychics and weird, weird ghoul vampire uh, actually those guys sort of remind me of uh the the original Vincent Price Last Man on Earth movie. Yes, yes. You know, so there's a little of that and and Devil's Reign. Definitely Devil's mm-hmm. Reign too, also. But yeah, like it's, it's... Yeah, but the only thing that sort of that sort of binds them together is filming them in cheap abandoned building sets. <laughs> yeah, existing abandoned buildings and factories, mm-hmm. which I always have a soft spot for because that's where like Scott Gardner and I spent a lot of our childhood, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, playing uh, around yes, it. But- when you and so I we were could young, film, we, imagine the movie you could film at this old abandoned factory. Yeah, it, it's like I, I I'm, have memories of when things just stood there derelict and nobody cared if you snuck in yeah. and fell to your death. Nobody <laughs> was watching. Nobody, nobody was, was watching. watching. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's it, that was that was the time. When kids were kids. Yep. Like, well, with our abandoned factory, it was on an island, and the only access to it was this one bridge that had, right. like, a chain link fence in front of it, but that you could just sort of, like, swing right around, you know? It only, mm. you know, it was really easy to get on there. And if somebody at the active factory saw you and said, oh, there's kids, and called the cops. You'd, mm-hmm. We would be in the factory and look over at the bridge and see the cops sort of run up to the bridge and look over and then drive mm-hmm. away because they weren't going, they weren't going to climb over in there and mess <laughs> around. So it was, it was, yeah, it was totally impotent and it was, it would spend whole days over there, you know, just endangering yeah. our lives every five minutes. That's the thing is that looking at it from, so dangerous. from our point of view now, we realize how utterly stupid. Neither of us have kids, but if I had kids yeah. and I pictured them doing what I was doing over there, it would send me into fucking brain embolisms because I remember Scott Gardner and I discovered that there was this, there was a, well, there was a dam there and mm-hmm. at the bottom of the dam was just basically probably about eight feet wide in, mm-hmm. in, in diameter, um, pipe. And and so that's where all the water was coming out. So it was a solid stream. We we would throw rocks and they'd bounce off it. We'd throw big logs and they'd bounce off it. And then we discovered that we could take those like logs and stuff and just sort of shove them down. We'd stand on the dam and shove them down and shoot out through the thing at the bottom. And that was really cool. Not, you know, not even worrying about the fact that if one of us fell in, we were going to be the ones shooting out that hole at the bottom. Yeah, if we even exactly. made it to that hole and just didn't get tangled up in all the debris in there. Yeah. It was basically instant death if you fell, fell in the water. We didn't yeah. care. No, <laughs> we, no, just, we didn't. We were just ambling along on, the, on that on that dam. Like, and, and luckily our parents were somewhere just none the wiser like... See, there, the are day. Things, there, there are, are, are certain quote-unquote rites of passage that kids our age went through. Kids who are now adults our age went through like the discovery of the forest porn. Yep. You know, yep. where you just find some porn somewhere we found be. some we, ours was ours was front porch porn and it's funny oh. in the town i live in it, i didn't live mm-hmm. there now but i've been uh, we went to visit my cousins here and somehow we got out underneath somebody's front porch you know and mm-hmm. and we're doofing around there and we're just like oh what's what's this it is just a stack of porn and we we're like oh wow <laughs> you can Oobies. find stuff under porch. Look at the stuff you find under porches, but usually you found it under a rock in the woods. Yeah, yeah. And we had, it, it, or, or in my case, in um, 
at, at, on a street corner uh, during in the industrial section of my neighborhood. Me, me and my friends made had our own rock stash uh, out in a field that was made up of all our our dad's, you know, everybody. It was a sampler pack of all our dad's porn that we could sneak yeah. out there and wrap in a garbage bag <laughs> and throw underneath this rock. Uh, not th- not that any of this has anything. Okay, well, yeah, the the thing about the the dangerous abandoned factories kind of has to be potentially involved with Joe D'Amato and Endgame. Um, there's nothing really, quote-unquote, futuristic about this film. No. It's it's all guys in costumes, you know, driving around in the desert or abandoned places. Uh, well, I think, like, the... It's post-apocalyptic, so everything is reused. Yeah. Everything is just reused stuff, so there's no... no nothing's futuristic... Uh, yeah. Except for the fact that it's just been cobbled together out of parts of Although I, stuff, and it's like, you know, they make a big deal out of the fact that 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 Shannon's car is special because there's this red glo- red globe on it, but we don't know what the red globe is, and your eyes are drawn to the red globe because it's red on an otherwise drab car. And yeah, then, and I had just assumed it's set decoration to make it look yeah, different. Yeah, to make it. it look futuristic. And then during the, I think it's during the biker fight, right? Yes. Just before they, just before they junk the car entirely, we find out there's a flamethrower in it. But I guess it's because we only have so much, uh, so much um, uh, propane. So we can only use it so many times. So let's call our shots. <laughs> well, that's 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 the magic of this. Nothing, nothing overstays its welcome. <laughs> I mean, the only things that 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 are consistent are some of the characters. <laughs> right. Everything else is just a shifting shifting field of different movies you know they're just yeah. they're, they're just storming from movie to movie so and, yeah and i'm not surprised i'm willing to bet that the original title of this film which as we've mentioned before is was bronx lada finale uh was meant to capitalize on the bronx warrior trilogy because they, they ripped each other off as much as they ripped off everybody else in Italy at that time. That's okay with me because they're ripping off the stuff that worked. And, yeah, and, it, and to be honest with you, this, this mm-hmm. stands apart with Bronx Warriors from others of its kind where it's not boring. And that's the, that's the hard part with the, unless like, you See, know, that's the problem. They, they could have, they all could have been great with a mm-hmm. great writer, you know. Yeah. You know, somebody writing something on the level of Mad Max 2, you know, mm-hmm. for it. Because you are, that's, you, you are working with, you know, something that's set up for a limited budget, but they didn't have that. Right. So, you know, most of the time it was just it, it. They're 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 just. I remember watching them in high school, but but after a while we stopped watching them because they would be really exciting in the first ten minutes if you were lucky, mm-hmm. or yeah. really exciting in the last ten minutes if you were lucky, and and a lot of like badly dubbed dialogue in between, and, well, like, and like shots of people sitting around in camp arguing with each other. You know. Yeah. Well, you compare this to the film that I saw during Radapalooza last year, which was Rat's Night of Terror by Bruno Mattei. And a lot of that film is just guys who look like they are auditioning for a musical theater version of Purple Rain. Oh. Kind of arguing with each other. And every I'm once surprised in a while, that never happened. <laughs> and then every once in a while there's like this really like there is a a stunt scene where a guy is set on fire and there's a rat on top of his head and the rat continues to ride this guy's head as he's flailing the bat on fire a real rat I, it, it, it looks like a real rat and I'm like you know what 
You deserve a Pet Academy Award, my friend. Yeah. Because, um, but, but yeah, it's... A p- probably a posthumous... Yeah. But, but it, it is, <laughs> Animal it, Academy Award. There are long slogs in that film between the really crazy stuff and they go to the same shock well one too many times. This one, at least, there's no repetition. It's just, <laughs> well, we're going to play this game and now the game's over and now uh, he's going to go and, uh, you know, drive a van and he's going to recruit people and there's go- and now there's blind cultists and the the SS have found it's just it's just one thing after another in this movie and it's like it's like a road movie yeah and like all of these peewees let's uh, throw peewees big adventure in there (laughs) (laughs) um we do want to mention for those of you who might be triggered by sexual violence it wouldn't be an Italian movie of the 80s if there wasn't a really needless rape scene. Gratuitous. Yes, like, totally. Like abnormally gratuitous and also abnormally, like, like mercifully brief and, and not explicit, but also mysteriously just sort of sloughed off. <laughs> after, yeah. Like, has no... No repercussions, no meaning to the plot, no effect on, uh, apparent effect on the uh, the the character. It's yeah, it's but bizarre. it's just that. Look, we have Laura Gemser in this film. We might as well show her boobs. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just so like indicative of movies of this time of like, how yeah. do we show her boobies? Oh, she gets raped, you know? Not not oh, she's taking a shower. <laughs> yeah. Or, or something. No, it, 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 it's what. Although the thing that interests me about that whole sequence where they're raiding the the mutants' lair is how the fuck did it get Bull in? You know, into the wall like that. <laughs> and they don't point out. And the thing is, is that D'Amato, you see him in the no. background. Of several shots, but you don't realize it's Bull until he begs to be killed. And I'm like, why did they do that? How did they do that? Did they like, you know, how did they keep him? Did they like put him in a box and then put cement in the box? Yeah, they they like they they must have like. Put him in there, positioned him in a blank space there, and then built like the only. <laughs> I literally I was thinking about it from a from like a. I was like, well, you'd have to like take some plywood and frame him in first, all around yeah. him. You'd have to set the concrete, and then <laughs> most likely the process of the concrete setting would kill him. But yeah, well, that's the it, other thing I don't understand is that why don't didn't you just kill him? What was the per? Okay, you, they're you they're they're alive. sadistic savages. That's why they're sadistic. I guess, so. I guess they, so. they, they they get their shits and giggles from having him hang out there, and he can't do yeah. anything because he's cemented in the wall, and they're just gonna feed him and let his poop pile up behind him till he dies, and <laughs> have a and throw throw their chicken That's... bones at him from the fire. Yes. So um, yeah, this is. And the good thing about this, as with most of these Italian uh, rip-offs, these Italian homages, it's about 90 minutes. So it's yep. a really quick... It's not like you're, you're investing two hours or more. The, in, this this one can even could have even gotten away with a little more because it just it, it it's 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 a bunch of different movies. Like if I did that, like a lot of uh, the one. The, these kinds of movies that are slower I'll watch them I'll watch them for like 40 minutes until I start going like oh this is slowing down then I'll take a break mm-hmm. and I'll start it up later and I'll be sort of fresh on it and stuff and mm-hmm. and watch it again this one just this one I watched all the way through because it just clocked along 
you know, and and if I would have broken it up, I would have been like, wait a minute, am I watching? Wait, I have to back up here. Yeah. <laughs> See if I'm watching the same movie. So, I I applaud it for 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 almost every decision it made, good and bad, because it just kept me, it kept me hanging, you know, as right. to where it was gonna go next. I did didn't really care about any of the characters well because there's That's no okay. character to those characters yeah yeah they're actually everybody's an action, action figure stereotype yeah we haven't mentioned the little boy chosen one yet who is like the most powerful of the psychic mutants but really doesn't do much of anything except to, at the very end where it's like I'm gonna put on a big special effects show right now. Yeah. So it's 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 just it's it's a it's a stew. It is a total stew. And um, hey, it 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 works for what it is. And I don't know if I would exactly recommend it wholeheartedly, but you could do worse. If you are one of those people who's like into watching Ital Italian genre movies and or even more specifically Italian post, po I guess we'll just say post-apocalypse because that throws mm -hmm. in a bunch of the different ones in it, but not all of them. And mm -hmm. then this is this is kind of a treat because it ha it, it it now granted most of that stuff you can see in other movies too but it, it throws in there's a lot of stuff that you haven't seen in uh, an uh, italian mad max ripoff in this movie and uh it's it's not going to be predictable and if you're predicting what's going on don't worry you're gonna have to predict what's going on in the next genre in 10 minutes from now and speaking of treats ooh, i figure we have two more in our respite before I start really torturing you again. And I decided wow, I you're did. very merciful lately. I'm it's making me suspicious. I'm Don't frankly I'm scared. Make me reach for the Nazi exploitation right now. Okay. Because I wanna so instead I now the other thing I realize, of course, has a supervillain. I don't have to follow any rules. So I don't have to choose a film to talk about from the era of the Grindhouse cinema or that, that played in Grindhouse cinemas. But this one does have a slight resonance with the Spaghetti Western. Next, next month, we are going to a tell a tale of a bunch of musicians who wanted to, to have a massive concert in El Salvador. But when that fell through, they still had a whole bunch of money and decided to make a little spaghetti western by the name of Straight to Hell with their friend Alex Cox. Yay! So this is this. So if you've ever wondered what Elvis Costello and the Pogues look like as evil cowboy coffee miners, this is the movie for you. I think the Pogues, aside from their accents, definitely look the part. Oh my, it's, it's the Pogues. It's... Um, leaving it's Joe Strummer um, this is this is a it's a wild movie and, and the story about it is just is just as wild as as the movie itself and I think we're both going to enjoy it I'm an Alex Cox fan so so uh, and I have not seen this so I'm a huge fan of Re Repo Man's got to be in my top five movies. I figure so. we'll get this one and then one more. And then the pain starts again. All right. 
there are some things in Australia and right here in America I have to show you, my friend. Uh oh. I have such sights to show you. Oh God. And until until that time, go and watch your Alex Cox movie. And until next month, you can go! Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes. You can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.